Well, welcome to our next episode of the Spend Life Well Show. Today, we're going to be talking uh, with listeners about, you know, how do you evaluate whether your financial advisor is doing a good job? Now, if you don't have a financial advisor, you need one because we feel that having a good financial advisor is uh, part of the key to your financial success. Right. I'm a certified kingdom advisor, Mark Trice. This is my co-host, Jesse Hamilton. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Jesse is another financial advisor, which we can say today. It was yep. kind of crazy <laughs> that we couldn't say that the right way. But uh, glad you've chosen to join us. We're going to be talking about how do you tell if your financial advisor is doing a good job. Um, you can go to kingdomadvisors.com if you want to find someone that's been trained in biblical wisdom and finance. So, Jesse, one of the first questions that—and we got a lot of these questions from the Wall Street Journal article mm-hmm. uh, published a few years ago, or a few weeks ago, and the uh, author, in fair, fairness, is Cheryl Monk, and uh, you can find on on WSJ. We're just using her questions to have a conversation today right. because we think they're pretty good. So, first question is, what am I paying for, right? Right, and that can vary— Greatly, because in its purest sense, a financial advisor is just somebody who invests your money for you, right? Well, that's the typical. We think go back to the early days of the financial industry where there were stockbrokers, right? And, right. And and you were talking about a relative of yours had a has a stockbroker. Yeah, I ha- my broker does this. Mm-hmm. My broker does that. Yeah. And there were even commercials in the '80s about you know E.F. Hutton, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But E.F. Hutton, and they you you'd be sitting in a cafe and say, "Well, my broker is E.F. Hutton," and then everybody's supposed to listen to what you're doing because E.F. Right. Hutton has can great advice. Take the winning stock, I guess. <laughs> so, um, so that what you're paying for may vary widely, but most people are paying either a commission. Uh, for an investment that was purchased, or they're paying an advisory fee. Right. Now, those advisory fees are going to range based on uh, what the advisor is doing for you. What we found is there's not that many advisors out there that are doing true financial planning and investment management at the same time. Mm-hmm. We do. Uh, most advisors are just going to give you a modern portfolio theory basket of mutual funds or stocks and bonds, and uh, they're going to charge a fee for that. And they usually leave it alone. Uh, but those fees can range anywhere from half a percentage point up to 1.2% if they're just doing investment management. Correct. Now, other fees can be higher if they're doing a, a more advanced financial planning and what they're doing there with that. So mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of confusing for some folks because it's all over the place. It, yeah, it can be all over the place and and. Also, some advisors charge flat fees in addition to the asset management fee. Correct. Just depends on what they're doing for you. So the question to ask your financial advisor is: Is what are you paying? What are, what am I paying for? And in, in, in translation, is what are you doing for me? Right. And and I would hope that this would be an easy answer, and you would already know the answer because if you're paying something, you should get value from it. And uh, but I really hope that your advisor has a good answer for you. Now we have different service level levels in our firm, and right. so. Uh, platinum clients that want to uh, attain more advanced services are getting all these different types of services. Right. This is available for those that, that want to see it. We happily provide it. Uh, but, you know, you want to make sure that you understand what your advisor is actually doing for you. If it's just investment management, those fees should be pretty darn low. Right. Okay. So the other question is you're talking and evaluating your financial advisors. How's your investment performance stack up? Mm-hmm. Now, there's lots of different ways to, quote, manage money. 
most of the industry is using modern portfolio theory, or as we affectionately call it, the buy and hold approach. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes we call it buy, hold, buy, and pray. Buy, hold, and pray. <laughs> uh, but, you know, how does their investment performance stack up? You know, we've talked to a number of people the last 12 months because of the market was down quite a bit, almost 20%. The S&P was in 2022. A right. lot of people are surprised to see their portfolio down 25. Sometimes we've seen a few that were 30%. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't understand how they perform. So mo- most people do compare their performance to either the S&P 500. A lot of people talk about the Dow Jones, but it's not always the best benchmark for your portfolio. Right, because you got to make sure that you're comparing that performance to a benchmark mm-hmm. that is more in line with your risk uh, goals, risk, and uh, objectives that you have. So, right. you know, it may not add up. Now, one of the challenges is, is that a lot of... Uh, broker dealers or or financial firms don't really give you the performance. Isn't that astonishing? It, it is astonishing. It's it's hard to get an actual percentage out of them, especially when it's negative. That's right. Now you can see that your account's down, right? Yeah, they'll give you the dollar. But you don't amount. know what that is relative to in a percentage terms because you need to know. Yeah. So that you need that's... to know how it's doing. So, folks, our 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 advice, Jesse, I think, is just look at your statement, see how you're doing. Yeah, and if, it, um, if, if it you don't understand it, give us a call. We'll help you understand it. And if it doesn't provide a performance in terms of percentages, calculate it and compare it to several different benchmarks. Right. So um, third point, question you need to be asking yourself about your advisor is, does my advisor communicate to my liking? Yeah. So Now, this may be seen kind of an odd question, but... Every client that we work with have different preferences. Sure. Some want to hear from us once or twice a year, and they say, do your thing, and we'll meet, and that's great. Some people want to talk all the time. It's really just the preference of the client. But the bottom line is, is if you haven't heard from your advisor in 12 months because they've been hiding under a desk, avoiding your calls, that's not good communication. One of the things that we do is we communicate via email, at least twice a month, we're going to make sure we have quarterly uh, calls with you. We're going to make sure we have it at a minimum once a year sit down where we go intensive to review all the goals and objectives, right. talk about the performance and so forth. Yeah. Make sure that your advisor is communicating with you on a regular basis. We, we generally don't want to crowd people or bother them, but we also believe that being transparent and having more communication is usually better. Well, one of the times that I think communication is so critical is when the market's really volatile. Right. And you could be very worried because this is your livelihood. This is your net worth, your nest egg, and people can get very stressed about it. Our job as financial advisors is to give you some type of peace about your investment and your financial future. And so if your advisor is not talking to you during these volatile times, then you need to ask them to or talk to someone else. Communicating with clients during a very volatile type of environment is so critical because a lot of times we just try to ignore it, we block it out, or it's we really worry about it. Easy to avoid it. And and if we avoid it, then we don't have to deal with the reality. But mm-hmm. it's very important that we face facts and deal with the problems and address them if we can. Okay? Um, so a fourth point about communicating really with your client or the advisor and so forth that you can ask them, does your advisor keep up with industry trends? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, 
we've always said, and it says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Right. And so uh, there's not a lot of, quote, new stuff out there. But are there trends out there that your financial advisor is not keeping up with? Are they keeping up with, um, you know, changes in the law? You know, we had this this Very right important. before Christmas, the new version of the SECURE Act, the SECURE Act 2.0. And hopefully you've received communication from your advisor about those changes because it almost impacts everyone. Right. If you are saving in some way for retirement, if you're approaching retirement or if you're in retirement, it probably affects you. And this is an example of uh, your advisor needs to communicate with you about up-to-date information. So, you know, we don't want um, your advisor to communicate every little scheme out there, as we talked about. Right, right. Uh, but we do want to make sure that your advisor is keeping you abreast of all the changes in the laws. Uh, I know we get lots of questions in the last few years about cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, news articles over the last few months, huge news. Yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of um, fraud going on in cryptocurrency right now with a few companies. I think right. that will continue to unwind. Uh, but, you know, you want to be up to date, your advisor should be updating you on what's going on with those right. things. That doesn't mean they have to be a crypto expert, but right. they should be able to respond to you about what the current state is. And I think a lot of that stuff, um, you know, traditional uh, broker dealers may be holding off on cryptocurrency in its pure forms uh, until there's more regulation around it. Uh, because as a, as a result of the fiasco that happened this last year, one, one of those uh, crypto exchange companies... I think there's going to be more regulation and stuff around mm -hmm. that later on. And the whole meme stock thing has kind of died off, but that was very relevant a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And we, we get calls about that. Should I buy? And it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> this is one of those pump and dump type schemes that's out there. Right. And investors, buyer beware, caveat impantur, mm -hmm. uh, buyer beware. We have to make sure that um, you're not taking advantage of those. So. And then finally, the, the, Jesse, the fifth thing that really your advisor should be telling you is, or asking your advisor about is, do they tell it to you straight? Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Are they trying to avoid the truth in any way or um, maybe sugarcoat some different words that they use? And I, that always annoyed me before I got my licenses to become a, a, a financial advisor and a certified yeah. kingdom advisor always annoy me because I can tell when someone's trying to blow smoke where the sun don't shine, okay? Yeah, uh -huh. So so does your advisor tell it to you straight, okay? Are they be, being upfront and telling you this is what's going on, this is what they can control and help you with, and this is what they can't? I know when we we're doing uh, client reviews this year for, for 2022, you know, it was a hard conversation because our accounts were down but we compared it to relative to the indexes and clients, you know, would would see that in context, right? right? And is your advisor shooting you straight? Because so I've seen situations before where it's, you know, you remember the street game in New York City where you can play find the queen and you're trying to shuffle the queen around and see uh -huh. if it's always a scam, right? But <laughs> sometimes... If some summit financial advisors don't want to face the facts and deal with the problem head on, so they try to distract you, right? right? And you know there could be a big difference between trying to calm your nerves and avoiding reality. Yeah, because there, there's there's really you know there's I think there's two types of advisors: one that raises your blood pressure and one that lowers your blood pressure. Right, folks, you want to work with an advisor that lowers your blood pressure. 
This is not something that you want to uh, stress about because this is likely, you know, your financial future we're talking about, and it should not be a stressful situation. You want to make sure that your advisor is being direct, honest, candid, and that's why we always like to talk about certified keynote advisors because they are trained in biblical wisdom and they adhere to a code of ethics that has the highest standards of care. Um, one more thing, Mark. Your, you know, your advisor should generally, for the most part, avoid industry jargon that you don't understand. And if oh, you yeah. don't understand it, it's not going to come across to you in a way that makes sense. We had a situation uh, recently where a client um, came to us, and it's not a testimonial or anything, but a client came to us and said, I'm going to go buy this annuity thing over here. And well, in fact, I didn't say an annuity at first. I've got this investment over here; won't lose money. Uh-huh. And we asked we asked them to explain it to us, and they couldn't. Right. Now, from the little things that they said, we determined that it was a type of annuity product. Okay, but it was clear that the um, the uh, investor did not understand what they were talking about investing in. And it was clear that the advisor that they were working with, well, in fact, it wasn't an advisor, it was an insurance agent that they were working with, was using all the financial jargon of the industry. Right. You know, like diversify and and no risk and things like Protected that. Protected withdrawal. Protected withdrawals and things like that. And so it was confusing for them. And, and they ended up not doing that investment because they didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you don't understand... If you're if you don't understand every investment that you're going to, to into with to a certain level of, of certainty, you shouldn't be investing in it. Right. And if your advisor is using a lot of highfalutin language and jargon that you may have heard that word before, but you're not sure what it means, most people are going to do what? They're not going to ask, right? Because they right. don't want to seem they don't want to seem unintelligent, right? But you know, you should always ask and say, "Hey, I don't understand that." And if if they don't give it to you plainly. So part of, of your advisor shooting straight with you is using language that everybody can understand. Right. Because mm-hmm. it, these investments are not that complex. If they if they are that complex, that's pause for me to want to even use that tool as part of my mm-hmm. portfolio. All right. Jesse, all good points. Uh, folks, we thank you for tuning in to the Spin Life Wealth Show. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new upset episode with lots of relevant topics to you. If you have a question you want to ask, you can always spin, send us an email at radio at spendlifewell.com. That's radio at spendlifewell.com. Thanks for joining us today and tuning in. We appreciate you being here. <laughs>